guess welcome to you know big guys uh, little ties <clears throat> episode number two in the, in the series Oops, sorry in the series of uh my parents pete and irene Fichetti, the saga the saga continues <laughs> right <laughs> here i joined with uh, jason floyd here in studio um so uh dad i think you, you were like uh where, where were we at we were let, let go at the vietnam you know you we were at the what was the battle the last battle we, we left off at, you know, where you guys dropped, you dropped in and you're ambushed and you stayed there and you had to stay there for a couple of days. You had to secure a perimeter. And so battle of, uh, and then, and then that's right. What was the, there was a Gibson movie about that too, right? Well, uh, the Gibson movie was, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, Yadrang Valley. And he claims to have been the first one to engage, uh, North Vietnamese unit, uh, the Pavins, what they called Pavins, the uh, People's Army of Vietnam. Right, 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 right. Uh, that's not quite so. That was in November of '65, and we uh, we did that in uh, September of '65. Okay, okay. All right. So, all right. So, the battle happens. Uh, you know, war goes on. You, you get out in 66, right? You get discharged? 67. 67, you get discharged. You come back to Fort Campbell, Kentucky, and then... No, right? Fort Benning. No, oh, no. Fort Benning? No, no. I got, okay. I got discharged yeah, yeah, yeah. from... I got... This, wait a minute. But you get... But you get... Okay. But the point is, you you, you, you exit the Army. So it's Fort Benning, then you're at Fort Campbell for a little bit, right? I was in Fort Campbell before I went to Vietnam. Okay. I came back and was reassigned to the 82nd Airborne Division Got in it. Fort Bragg, North Got Carolina. It. Okay. All right, so you come back to America. It's 1967, and all of a sudden... 66. 66, okay, but you get out in 67. America's a little bit different than uh, the one you left, huh? Much different. Yeah, it went from, like, you know, the 50s. You know, leave it to Beaver type stuff, and then all of a sudden it's uh, Acid Rock and Jimi Hendrix and and all that, right? Right. The Beatles and uh, and uh, Free Love and uh, well, the Beatles. Well, the, the Beatles transcended generations, right? I mean, they they followed that first, you know, kind of black and white shirt and tie kind of wear, and then they went to India and did a bunch of LSD, and you know, then comes Sergeant Pepper's. Uh, Lonely Hearts Club Band, that right? was in the summer of 67. They came out with that that uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club album. Right. Which kind of changed the face of rock and roll. Right. <clears throat> do you remember that? Do you, do you remember that do. album? Yeah. What was your favorite song? Do you remember that, that album? Sergeant, <laughs> Sergeant Pepper's. <laughs> I like uh, We All Live in the Yellow Submarine. Is that on that album? That is. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. Oh, oh, no. No, that's not on that. Uh, that's on the Yellow Submarine album. Okay. I should know that, but uh, I don't. Well, so, all right. So, so you get out. Mom's uh, working in the city, right? Right. The time. When I, when I mean the city, I mean Manhattan, right. New York. Right. So being from the, the uh, New York metropolitan area, the city, we refer to as New York City, the five boroughs. But if you're from New York City, the city is Manhattan. I, right? Everybody knows what you're talking about, right? Okay. 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 So you, you're you're working in the in the city. You love it, right? Don't you have a little run in with uh, what was the artist's name? What was this, the guy with the mustache? 
Dolly. P- P- Dolly or Picasso? Yeah, no, Not Picasso. Do- no, Picasso's it was Dolly. Dolly. Yeah. I worked for McGraw-Hill at the time when I was in right. a bookstore. I was not really familiar with artists. Right. And I'm looking through a book, and all of a sudden I hear a commotion of people walking in. And this guy walks in with this huge fedora, and he's got a cape, and he has this huge wax mustache. <laughs> and he comes up to me, and he's looking, and he goes, nice cheekbones. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm staring at him, and uh, he said, come to my studio. I have no idea. He gives me his business card. He walks away. I'm going, who is that? And they said, Dolly, don't you know the great artist? I said, no. <laughs> so I was a celebrity for about yeah. five minutes after that. But yeah. Never went to the studio. Wow. <laughs> well, he might have took you. He wasn't that well known then yet. I think huh? he was. I yeah, now well, in the sixties, he was among the avant-garde, but oh, the average person. Well, he had a studio in New York, also, and, yeah. you know, in Spain. But uh, did he put his hands on you at all or anything? Or no, he just oh, okay. you know, turned my face, looked at my cheek, kind of grabbed I mean. you like. <laughs> Yeah, I guess who does that, right? Yeah, Artists, really. Yeah. But I mean, very weird. I mean, his wax. I've never seen anything like that. First, I thought it was a character from from some movie. Yeah, well, you got. Yeah, I, I mean, had, I mean, you have to his, you have to put on the uniform to right, play the I guess, part, yeah, right? Thought it was Jerry But Colonna. reading about him afterward, I heard his his wife really kept him on the straight. Well, he had a wife. I thought he like had like no, no, dozens no. of mistresses. Well, he, well I don't he think so. I'm reading. Did. I thought that was his thing. He used no, to seduce the women. No, you're th- thinking. You're thinking of Picasso. Picasso. You're thinking of Picasso. Dolly, no, his wife made sure he painted. <laughs> that was I don't it. Know. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm probably speaking out of turn okay. when I say that. Uh, okay, so it's uh, late '60s. Dad's back. It's the. It's not quite the summer of love yet. And then uh, you guys meet, right? Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, History ever since fifty yeah, three years fifty. Well, you've been married fifty three three years, right? But and together for fifty seven, right? No. 56? 55. 68. I met. Yeah, oh, we met, met at sixty eight. Okay, right. summer of love. Or was that sixty nine? <laughs> yeah. That was sixty nine. You're thinking about middle of Manhattan. <laughs> that's how so that's a, you just walk up. You're like you're thinking here for the gangbang. You're, <laughs> you're thinking of Woodstock sixty nine. Okay, sixty nine. Yeah. Okay. That was the summer of love. Okay, that was the summer. That was the peak of the, uh, or the, the peak or the expansion of the. Uh, it of the was the movement. expansion. Okay. It was uh, well. It, it was kind of uh, on the west coast with San Francisco, Haight Ashbury, right in New York. It was the the village, right? The Greenwich. We mean Greenwich Village, right? And then Woodstock was like a culmination right. of all these things. You know, all the people. Right, and you guys tried to go there, right? Didn't you try to go to Woodstock? No, we we actually went to that weekend. We went to Expo. What's what's Expo? Montreal, Canada. Oh, okay. Uh, they had Expo sixty nine, yeah, Expo sixty eight. Well, what's Expo sixty nine? What's it that? was like a sort of a world's fair. Okay. Do they, still have, the, well, Do they still have them? Do they still have them? I know they used I, well, to. I know the Montreal baseball team is the Montreal Expos. That's oh, really? why. Oh, they named because it after of that. that. They named yeah. it after an expo. It's interesting. Okay. Yeah. But in New York. So, they, all right. So you're in, you're in Montreal. You went to that. How was that? Was it as good as was it as good as Woodstock? Oh, the Expo. No. Was <laughs> <laughs> the Expo was. 
<laughs> yeah, but uh, Woodstock looked like they had a pretty good time. You yeah, know? yeah, but we, we, we didn't even know. I didn't know about Woodstock at that time. It was the, supposedly they were going to sell a hundred thousand tickets, and four hundred thousand people showed up. Right, they just broke the fences down. Oh, yeah, just, dropped. Yeah. Well, we so, passed by going into Montreal. We got caught in the traffic on the way the home. The cars were okay, parked on the side. Cool, you know? <laughs> yeah. One of the most revolutionary uh, counterculture events yeah, spent, of all uh, time, time, and you got stuck in traffic. Spent three and, and a half hours around Kingston, New York, <laughs> on the New York Turnpike. Okay. Okay. So, but uh, it, yeah, that was it. Was but crazy. you weren't really involved, you know, you weren't involved in the counterculture movement. You know, I mean, you're, you're here, you are, you're a Vietnam veteran, you're coming back to a country, got, you know, I mean, you're, you're, you're battle hardened, you're adjusting to society again. Yeah. There's all that going, you know what I mean? And you probably don't even know what's going on. You're just, you're just doing what you can do because you're well, a tough I guy. Just, I just went you know? to some of the places and, uh, and, uh, where, where I found out that the, the counterculture was, uh, was not realistic. Or, yeah, or not what it claimed to be when I went to the Electric Circus in New York, which was a, a nightclub. nightclub, a very avant-garde nightclub, you know. Right. Psychedelic. And, uh, and yeah, psychedelic with the strobe lights and uh, people <laughs> is, swinging on swings because it was a circus. You know? Okay. And a uh, guy standing around on the stage eating a banana. And everybody's just watching them. That was like the. That was, was, the, thing. That was yeah. the thing. Everybody was 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 whacked. You know, they were high on something. But there was nobody there from New York. Everybody was from New Jersey, Connecticut, Connecticut. California, yeah, and right. all different places, and yeah. upstate New York. Nobody from the local area the was there. You know, right, was, right, was, right, right. So I, I kind of found out that that was. Not a real thing. It's just a bunch of kids trying to pretend that they're, right. you know, different than everybody else. Right, right, right. I've heard so many theories about the countercultural thing. I heard that, you know, once the the veterans came back from World War II, they kind of wanted to make these ideal lives for their kids. So the kids were a little bit more spoiled than the generation before. And, right. you know, and, you know, next thing you know, LSD is introduced and these kids are in college and, you know, well, they, want LS- an, they want an, ID, well, they want an was, ideal world. Was, Way after World War Two, no, was I know, but early I'm, these, well, I'm talking about the the children of the World War Two veterans that were that were essentially the the leaders of the counterculture revolution, right? And I'm I'm generalizing. Here. Yeah, you are. No, yeah, no, yeah the but, counterculture didn't uh, the, that didn't start really until like sixty five. What about the beat? What about the beat generation? Kind of before well, that? the beat generation, generation was, was before that. That was in the fifties. Right. The, that was the, a short. The beatniks. Yeah. Those yeah. guys were a little bit like the precursor to the... Exactly. They used right. they used cannabis, right? They smoked weed, and they drank in coffee shops, they did poetry and art. Right, and they read poetry. Their bohemian yeah. kind of didn't work, you know? Or they had... No, they know, did work. They, they had inheritances. You know, they dressed in black with the berets and, you know, yeah. very French-looking. Anti, yeah. Anti-establishment, yeah. Mm-hmm. sort of. Or, you know, nihilistic almost, right? Yeah, that was what's his name, Dylan's, Dylan's era. culture, Dylan's era. Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. Yeah, yeah. He was, Jack Kerouac, right? Right. Kerouac. Uh, Ginsburg. Ginsburg. You know, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I mean, it was poetry was very big, and you know, people get up on stage and right. read poetry. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> creative in a way. I mean, you know, but it was a precursor. Um, right. You know, to the, 
sixties. So okay, so you guys meet, you get married in seventy four. No, we married in seventy. Oh, sorry. That's <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> okay. Yeah, so, no. Oh no, my parents. Where married. did you grow up? Seventy four. So, so I married married in seventy. Brothers, my brothers are born seventy four. Seventy four, and hopefully, I don't think they've listened to any of the podcasts yet, but. <laughs> This is my first time mentioning my brothers. So they grow up to become both my brother. I got one brother that's a lieutenant colonel in the U.S. Army. Another brother that's a warrant officer. Uh, w. W5. W5. Fifth, well, warrant officer, fifth, cl fifth class. How you say it? Warrant no, officer. W5. Just W5. Okay. Uh, W5 in the U.S. Army. It's almost like a, you know, commander general sort of position. Anyway, I'm sorry if I'm butchering it. It's the highest rank of the warrant officer class. Right. W five, my brother, which is yeah, kind of rare in the army today. Right, right, right. So my brothers are identical twins, and uh, well, Paul was born first. Right, he's five minutes older than Eric. Right, that uh, works. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, so uh, yeah, so that's my first mention of them. So they're born, and then uh, six years later, or five and a half years later, I'm born. And man, oh man, did I get the beatings from them <laughs> growing up. <laughs> Twice well, the beatings well, from my brothers and the torment. Well, they claim because know. of that you became a great uh, wrestler. Right. Well, you know, <laughs> and, and honestly, I didn't want to ever admit that, but uh, I'm at a point they where... They forced you. Yeah. You know, if you believe in the, uh, what, the scripture, the Bible scripture, that, you know, all things are for the good. Uh, yeah, I believe that. I believe uh -huh. that my brother Eric beat the crap out of me, and Paul too, but little Eric a little bit more than the other. He used to, you know, punish me, and uh, it made me tougher. It really did. But I, th and, I remember uh, there was a point one know, time. And, I think you were about fourteen or fifteen, and he, you guys got into well, a fight, and he goes, "I'm never fighting him again." Because well, you must have gotten no. <laughs> what happened was so yeah. So I'm, I've been wrestling for like four or five years now at this point, and then. Uh, you know, he used to have his way with me and hold me down and, you know, do the, the spit thing, you know, the, where you suck the spit up, oh, you know, on my face, oh, you know. <laughs> oh, man, they used to torture me. <laughs> and friends would, too. And then uh, one day, he's trying to, like, do And I just slammed him. I just, you know. <laughs> and uh, and then Paul tried to come and wrestle me, and I slammed Paul, too. And then and they, was, they kind of backed off after that. They showed you, know, you kinda, respect then. <laughs> you know, it's unfortunate that people that you have to do that to people to teach them a lesson yeah, at some point. I, but well, well, you when know. you were when you were fifteen, you were bigger than they were. Yeah, about the same size, right? I was like one hundred eighty pounds. You know, yeah, they're one hundred exactly. You know, in so eighth, I'm thankful. You were one hundred and sixty-five pounds in the eighth grade. You know. Uh, uh, Paul, you know, you know, and Paul and Eric, uh, they did kind of the oblong route. They did the junior college or community college, and then the the army, and then college afterwards. And they, you know, they both made very successful lives for themselves. And uh, you know, sometimes people don't follow that traditional path of A B C D. You know, A to Z, normal. You sometimes you have to go to S and then come back to C right. and. And you know, I'm I'm really proud of them for doing for being able to to pull through from some of the difficult you know challenging times that they had in high school, uh, what they appeared to be challenging at times, and uh, hopefully they can see that it was all for the good as well too. Well, I for think part of it is they had no idea of what well, they really wanted to do in life. Yeah, well, I think they know, did. So. I think I think they had an idea. They wanted to play you know heavy metal music oh. and <laughs> what high school know, teenager out. does it? Yeah, I don't, <laughs> you know. But I think um, at a, at some point, with your guys' guidance, I think that 
you know, they're, they're very thankful for, for the directions that you've put <clears> them in. <throat> And, uh, and, and they'll realize that and if they haven't already, I'm sure that they have, no, I'm sure they have. they're not very vocal with their compliments. My <laughs> brother's very stern people. Um, Jerry well, they, they, they finally at, at the age of 21, they, they finally settled down and yeah. Eric, uh, they joined, the the, uh, um, national, national guard. guard. Yep. When they were in the national guard for five years. Yeah. And they, uh, they, uh, they kind of, and the National Guard put them through college. Right. The New Jersey National Guard. Right, right, right. And uh, when they when they graduated college, one guy, well, actually, Eric signed up for um, ROTC, and, and he became an officer. Which is a great route. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely amazing route for many students to go through to pay for their college if, they, if it's, well, the, uh, or if they just want to do it, if they're the fans ROT, of the military. It didn't pay for him because Rutgers had no ROTC program, so he had to go to Seton Hall for the ROTC. Right, but they still paid for the college, though. No. So he paid National, for Guard did. National Guard oh, okay. did. Okay. He, did, he just joined that because he wanted to go into the active army and right. become an officer. Well, yeah. I, what I mean is, like, right. it's just the, you know, the fact that the, the, the U.S. military is paying for right. it one way or mm-hmm. another. And, you know? I, and I, never, I never encouraged them to join the military. No. That was not. But the apple really doesn't fall too far from the tree, Pop. I guess. You know? You know, talking so. about military, uh, I, I don't know if you're aware of it, but the book, uh, who's the author that wrote the book where they quote you in a lot of the um, chapters? Yeah, that's right. What's the title of that book? Oh, that's the, the Second O'Deuce, Strike Force. Right. Second, second 502nd Strike Force. 502nd Strike Force. It's a book where you're featured, right? Right. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not featured. I'm, well, you're I'm one of the features. One of the people that... Uh, it's featured in the book. Uh, what, uh, what do you call it? And I I was interviewed for it, and uh, yeah, and some Your of pictures my, are in there. Yeah, some of my uh, some of my uh, uh, stories stories are, are are printed in there. Nice. And, and, and what, as, well, as, as we, several other people. I have the book at home. Uh, where where can you get the book? Is it available on Amazon? It's on Amazon. Okay. You can get it on Amazon. So five hundred two Strike Force, and then who's the author of it? What's his the name? author is a guy named. Uh, Rick uh, Bod- Bodmer. Okay. Yeah. Rick Bodmer, I believe it is. And we have the interview of uh, of you uh, as well on uh, the uh, West Army West Point website, too. They interviewed you for a couple hours for the part of their historical project. Right. All right. And, uh, yeah. Which is very cool. Awesome. You know? And, um, well... So you got two kids in the military, you know, you got me. Got you. you. Know, got me. <laughs> yeah. You got me. You know, my, my, my life's gone you know, kind of the oblong route uh, a little bit, you know, but I believe that all things are for the good. Too. Uh, I am where I am in my life right now. I'm, you know, recently divorced. Uh, we talked about that a little bit, you know, um, about, you know, uh, how, how you guys were able to, uh, to maintain a relationship for 50 Three years. Oh, yeah, doing the math. <laughs> 53, 53 years, yeah. you know, 54 years, because you said 16. You meant 67. Well, yeah, but I mean, Marriage, we're married 53 right. 68. years. 68. 68. Right, so 68. it's 55 years that we've known each other, but married 53. Gotcha. 
So, you know, like give a couple tips. <laughs> you know, I know it's not each relationship is different, but basically as I that's true. I, I no two relationships are the same, but go ahead. It's easier to give up rather than try to work things through. It's a lot harder. A lot harder. Can you speak into the oh. mic? Yeah. So it's, say that again. Say that again. I, it's no, what I said it's easier to give up mm-hmm. and just walk away as opposed to try to work it out. It's a lot of work. How come you never do that? (laughs) (laughs) That's why we're still sitting here 53 years. (laughs) The math keeps changing with the numbers. But listen, you know, it's it's contentious sometimes in the household, but you guys hold it together. Mom comes from the, uh, the, you know, the Polish Catholic tradition where people basically don't divorce. I mean, Mm. at least they did. Well, then at the time, This generation does, you know, and... uh, you know, my dad's a man's man, and you're a, you're a woman's woman. Both, and I was I was making this you know uh, this identification. I was kind of like identifying this with you guys. You're both strong people, you know. And what I what I admire about you, and they, they talk about this in some of the texts that I've uh, read and some of the lectures that I've listened to. The goal is to not be dependent on the other person, not to be codependent. Not to be independent, but to be interdependent. Where you're two whole people that could live on their own that come together. But I, th- I think you, know? you find that with the younger generation, uh, women are becoming more independent, not only financially, but they don't have to rely. Like years, I'm thinking, like yeah. maybe you know, sixty, seventy years ago, where the the traditional uh, marriage was, you know, got married, a woman stayed home. It was her job to raise the kids. Right, husband right. came home Cooking from work. She was sitting there, you know, waiting with the drink for him, and right. you know, taking if, the yeah, shoes like the 1950s, off. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Was middle class <laughs> And I think part of the uh, woman's um, movement kind of brought that out, and like. There are women who focus on their career, and you find um, uh, women having children later in life or, right. or opting not to. And society says it's okay; you can choose whatever you want to do. Where right. you know, sixty, seventy years ago, it was no, you got married and you had kids right away. Right, right, so right. things have changed. Well, it's, well in that uh, aspect, th- things were things were changed. How many how many of your female friends do you know that have that you went to school with have not been divorced? Have not been divorced. Not none. They've all been divorced. What about no. Connie? Connie, 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 Connie Connie's married. Yeah, so oh, Connie. Okay, oh, Connie. Was the only one. <laughs> <laughs> Connie. But her, her husband died. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 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 the thing is, with the divorce rate over fifty percent nowadays, yeah. I mean, there's obviously <clears throat> something's changing, mm-hmm. and uh, the, one of the arguments is that men have sort of become emasculated a little bit and, and, you know, through, uh, you know, I'm not going to call out any of the big corporations Mm -hmm. or anything like that, but there is a massive movement to kind of emasculate men, to make men less than what they are. In in what aspect? Exactly. Well, to become more emotional, to become more sensitive, to become more, uh, more like what the old, like more feminine, considered feminine qualities, I guess. What's wrong with that? Well, the thing is, if, you want my opinion? This yeah. is my opinion. Yeah. The opinion is if you show too much, it's one thing to be sensitive. That's fine. It's one thing to be uh, uh, compassionate too. You can be a good man and be strong and be sensitive and compassionate. Right. But at the same time, if you're crying to your wife all the time every well, day and she so becomes you're going a to the man, and, you know, 
there's a there's a loss of respect. And what it is is it's not that men need to be loved or anything like that. Men, need, you know, the, the general consensus is, consensus is that men should be respected. Women like to be loved and cherished. You know, you don't think men want to be loved. It's a different kind of love with men. Men, it's more about feeling useful and feeling like you've done the job and you've kind of had the, you know, you're the, you're the guy that, you know, did that was needed to be done. You went home and killed the animal. You went out, killed the animal, skinned it and brought it home and fed the family. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, metaphorically speaking. Right. Right. And if a woman feels like she doesn't need that in her life. Uh, then the man's kind of lost. He's like, well, what do I do to, to get this? So you, you know, feel this younger respect? generation, this is what is going through. I think, I think it's a, an identity crisis going on is it with, really? with marriage. Yeah. yeah but you know what I see, what I think, I think is that, great now, I see men helping their wives, you know, pushing baby carriages. Yeah, which is totally changing, fine. Absolutely. Totally fine. occur. Totally fine. But at the same time, you know, a, a, a man should have to realize that he has worth too. You know, that there's worth there and that he does his best and all. It, it's it's kind of <laughs> like this. So when, I, when, when Claudia and I broke up, I just delved, I just delved into what the hell, what, what the hell just happened to me? You know, oh. Like what the hell happened in the last 10 years of my life? Why is this going on? So I'm reading these books. I'm watching these lectures. I'm, you know, I, I took a course. Then I, I came across this like YouTube ad about this guy it was like, win your wife back. And I don't even know, you know, <laughs> win your wife back. And he, you know, so, and so I, I, of course I was vulnerable. So I, I clicked on the ad and I set up the, you know, there was an interview. The, the guy gets on the phone, calls me. It's a 30 minute phone call. And he's like, you know, interviewing me. It's a, it's a, it's a standard psychological evaluation to, and it's a sales call to try to tie oh, you yeah. into buying. Yeah. And he's like, okay, you know, we get through it and we identify a few things. We talk about Abraham Maslow and psychology and spirituality and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, so uh, it's going to be about $10,000 <laughs> if you want to get your wife back. And I was like, I was like <laughs> is that I was all? Like, and I thought about it because I had it. I had Seriously? the money. Oh, I was like $10,000. Some money making. And they're like, they're like, well, here's the thing. Like, at the end, and I was like, and I was like, ten. And you can guarantee that I get my get her back. And he's like, well, no, we can't guarantee it. But we can guarantee that we make you a stronger and better person. And if it doesn't work out in the end, then you move on with your life. Seriously, and I was like, oh my no, goodness, I'm good. I'm good on <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, so, 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 you know. Then they they call me. Now, and then I do more research and I do more reading. And then they call me back a few weeks later, and I was like, no, I'm good. I don't, you know. I'm, I'm going to work on improving myself. So here's the thing. This is what it's kind of come down to. Okay. Um, a good man is not a nice man. A good man is a good man. Okay. Good and nice are two different things. Nice guys finish last. You've heard that before. Right? Yeah. All right. Uh, a, a man who is a, a rock for the, uh, the emotional storms that may or may not exist in the relationship. Okay. He remains unmoved, unfazed. Okay. Um, he is a, not only a provider, but he recognizes that the wife may be a provider too. Um, he remains, uh, there's a level of mystery that remains around a man. Can't give everything to a person and expect them to not use that for some advantage. Can you say the same thing on the opposite sex? I can't hold on. Can I I interject in there a little bit? (laughs) Well, let me finish. Let me finish. Then you, then you interject. Hold that point. 
Okay. Uh, and at the end of the day, when you've done the best, you know, remain mysterious, remain, you know, and there's, it gets more complex. Yeah. Now. But okay. you know, once you become the best that you've become in all the areas of your life, a guy on a mission who has a plan to, uh, you know, to create whatever the, the best areas of your life, mental, spiritual, emotional, physical, financial, professional, and you have a mission and you're on that mission. And you know, if the, if the, if the, partner wants to join you or you want to join together in creating that mission, that's great. But if she doesn't want to join with you or doesn't want to be a part of it, you have to be okay with it ending at the end and walking right. away that's if it doesn't right. work out. You know what I mean? So a strong man is not afraid to not, not afraid to walk away at the end. After you've done all that you can do, you've tried to make it work. You've tried to reconcile. You've done the counseling. You've done the research. You've done you know you've done right. all these things. In the end, if it doesn't work out, you have to be able to go on with life. Right. You know? Right. So, and some people don't. Some people get stuck after the, they, they identified themselves like I did with my relationship with, you know, I, I, my, I identified myself with my family rather than be, you know, having my family just as a part of my life. I made it my identity, right. especially when I walked away from fighting. But you know, you, you can, you can attribute that to a lot of situations in your life also. It doesn't have to be only in a relationship. True. It could be things that True. occur in your life and you just never get beyond it. Right, right. You're, you stay in there. Right, right, right. No, that so, makes perfect sense. Yeah. And uh, so it's been a massive uh, growth, learning growth. lesson. Growth, uh, yeah. That's for sure. You know, I, I mean, I can't say I'll make the same mistake twice. Hopefully but, not. Yeah, hopefully not. But uh, I am human. Yeah. So, and it's been a great learning experience. What were you going to say, Dad? What were you, you going to interject about? A good man is hard to find. <laughs> and you do the best you can with what you've got. There you go. Okay. That's the, if you intend to do the best, some people don't intend to do the best. Right. With what they've got. They want to do other things. You know, they get sidetracked and talk, but you got to do the best with what you've got. That's yeah, a, as, that's far, and uh, as far as the divorce rate today, the uh, they're saying that the average marriage lasts five or six years. Really? So I thought it was like ten. That. I thought it was up towards ten, but okay. you have ten people years. cohabitating too. It's not just right. well, official marriage. There's a lot of cohabitating too. Right. There's uh, but uh, which is which is kind of new to this country. In, right. in other countries, people have been cohabitating with each other for eons. Right. But anyway. Centuries. Uh, Decades. The, uh, yeah, well, whatever. Uh, but any, anyway, um, I think that the, the people, the young people today are impatient. They want what they want at a certain time, and they, they don't seem to be able to work it out. In other words, you, you could you could have an argument that would lead to a, a divorce or, or whatever or anything, but some people can work it out. Yeah, and most people today are not working it out. They defer, they prefer to be separated. You know, to walk away. They walk away from a marriage, and, and sometimes it's, it's just tr trivial matters. Sometimes it's a major. Thing, yeah, but but sometimes it's just trivial matters well, that they walk away from each other. They don't have the patience to work it out. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's I think it's a variety of matters. I think, but oh, yeah, the it, universal it's, theme. It's, it's not I, the same for everyone. I mean, it's you know, everyone's I, different. I mean, the, the numbers say that divorce is kind of promulgated major the majority by women. 
they're the ones that fall out of love first. Something like seventy-five to eighty percent, and for college-educated really? women, it's like ninety. That that number goes to like ninety percent or more. Really? That the, the that the separation Could is be. promulgated by the woman. Okay, so the woman falls out of love first in these cases. Okay, because they're looking for that ideal situation, and so part of what I want to do with 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 you know the, the people that I've been working with and the coaching thing is helping to make men better okay that doesn't mean that you hate women you don't get part of these groups these women hating groups or anything like that women are women you know uh and and you know and i don't mean to generalize women everybody's different but you know there are certain generalities that fall within the genders mm -hmm. women have a tendency to be a little bit more emotional a little bit more compassionate a little bit more motherly um you true, know there's, there tend to be okay. more uh, uh uh irrational at times you know and, and again I, I mean no disrespect I when i say these things you know there's strengths and weaknesses men have a tendency to be on the other end um a little bit you know physically stronger well uh, they are yeah generally speaking mm -hmm. right i mean there are some women that are right. jacked and strong right. too right. you ever see gabby garcia before <laughs> oh, you've never seen he knows gabby garcia <laughs> holy crap she's like what how tall is she? she's like six five right six five or six five 270 just jack basketball player no she's an mma fighter oh. jiu-jitsu oh, oh, jiu okay. fighter anyway she would put a hurting on a lot of guys that i know okay yeah anyway um you know men men have the, you know their strengths you know have a tendency to be less emotional more rational you know uh less compassionate mm -hmm. you know um uh, you know, organization skills are different, generally speaking. And again, these are all generalities of things that I have read and researched. Um, and so the goal is to make, you know, with, with the, with the, with the masculinization of women, women make just as much money as men do now, almost, uh, the, you know, there's, there's all these movements where women are strong and independent. Now, men, on the other hand, have to their their, place. They have to realize that they can be strong and independent too. Again, in other ways, you know well, what I mean. In the sixties, you know, with the women's movement coming around, and there was a book that uh, came out: "Men Are from Mars." And Women are from Venus. Venus. Yeah. yeah, and that basically started. You know, we are different, and we have to learn how to sure live with one another. And women started becoming more well educated getting degrees, going right. into the workforce. I remember in the 60s and early 70s, um, there were some women who were starting to become linemen uh, for the phone companies. Right. They were discriminated against course, tremendously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a woman, um, this is when I worked for Eastern Airline, there was a woman there who was an engineer, yeah. and the men harassed her constantly. Yeah. Yeah. And she was their supervisor, and they well, resented it. Here's the issue with that. And that has changed, though. I mean, it took it how many years? Fifty years to change that. Slowly. There are exceptions to the rule. There are some rule. There are some roles, and I say this with confidence. There are some roles that most men are just better at, right? And there are some roles that most women are just better at. I could get lambasted for saying something like that in certain situations, but it's true. I watched this clip the other day of this two Marines doing their jousting training. You know the jousting training they do, Dad, with the helmet and the little thing and it was Pum a female Pum marine pummeling pump is that what you call it yeah female marine versus the male marine they're like and it was a, it was a sarcastic clip that they made right. the male he just crushed her in like two seconds okay you know but, what I mean? but like, my well, but my point men is are physically stronger. stronger generally speaking but there are some there are, women are who are stronger than some men but that's so not the usual the usually men yeah, are physically, physically stronger, stronger right. than women 
So usually. So, so I think there has to be this, you know, this 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 realization again that, you know, um, not True. all men are Prince Charming. True. Okay? I, I, I think yes. women like to see more like uh, not Prince Charming, but more they want to see Christian Grey. Okay. From what 50, does that mean? Fifty Shades of Grey. You've seen the movie and read the book. <laughs> Okay, what do you think? That's you know, honestly, Fifty Shades of Grey is the most besides the Bible I've heard I know, is the most sold, so, purchased book of yeah, all time. It was Fifty Shades of Grey. Okay, are you kidding? No, serious. Yeah. So yeah. you have to look at yeah. the, so so this this is one of the courses that I took. But that was way off base. Well, hold on though. Here's the thing though. Guess who the majority? Guess who ninety five percent of the purchasers were of the book? Were women. women. Absolutely. Okay. So here's the thing. So this course that I took was based on that, okay? The, the, the modern man, like that guy, the Christian Grey guy, is a throwback to what men were in the olden days. Guy that is strong, he's wealthy, he's handsome, right? Uh, he's a mystery, he, has a, he remains and mysterious. And all men should fall under that category. Not all men, I mean, okay. you, there's something to pull from it, you know what I mean? That's, that's only, f that takes in like, Two percent of the men. <laughs> Hold on, that's what I'm saying, though. So what I'm saying is, is that the the, the movement of men has gone to become is has become emasculated a little bit due to Disney, due to Star Wars, due to all these other you know due to due to, due to modern media. Men have become a bit weaker. They have been weakened. Yeah, but my okay? my my point though, I is think I fell victim to that. I mean, how do how do I explain it other than the fact that. I, I have a war I have a, a war hero father and I come from a strong mother a good family how did I end up in this trap you know what I mean and I and I what it was is I in my, in my self evaluation of myself I followed a lot of the tendencies of media okay I found I followed the tendencies of you know so uh, being Prince Charming and uh, yeah you know Prince Charming and uh, you know the 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 complimentary role of a man, you know what I mean? Rather than the primary role of the man. And I'm not mm. hating on women. No, no, you know? no. I don't no, hate, on, um, I don't hate on, on, on Claudia, you know, or anything like oh. that. I was, you know, we made it work. She just happened to be a very strong person too. And we, we, we had, you know, we had an impasse mm. a few times, mm. you know. Okay. Um, I, I think that you were just too permissive. Well, that's the thing. She did whatever she wanted to do because it was okay with you. You didn't care. Oh. Yeah, you know, I made I made some mistakes. I made some, I made some pretty big mistakes. But go, going back, my my point is though that you know women have gone into a lot of careers which were strictly male dominated, which it started in the '60s. Right. You know, women there are women directors now. I, I mean, they're opening up doors. There are women uh, CEOs. There, right. which you know, more female doctors, which you didn't have. 50, 60 years right, ago. Right, right, but that's right. Not, so, that's not because women are becoming, that's because the the majority are women. The majority of people going to college are women. Right. Not men. Right. right. So, and there are it's more women on the planet right. than there are men. Right. Are there, so, was, well, I thought it was equal. I thought it was a 50 50 split. No, I don't think right. so. I don't know. I don't know either I about the figures. But yes, women are becoming more educated and they're going into more but, professional But that doesn't mean that men need to become secondary. No, no. Like but I, and I think that's that what's happening is men are trying to find their place. 
Yes. Where they fit. Women well, are flowing there's, a, certain, there's definitely yeah, a there's place a, for them. It just needs to be realized. Mm. You know what I mean? There's a it shortage. just needs to be realized. And I'm not talking about being chauvinistic. No, no, I'm no. not talking about... It's just understanding that it's a it's a kind so, of a, a, a... You know, most women are just better at certain things. Men are, in generally speaking, better at certain things. You know, hand-to-hand uh, -hand combat. Women can do hand-to-hand -hand combat. But m men... Uh, you know, genetically speaking, are <coughs> thirty to fifty percent bigger. There are some women who are bigger. good CEOs, also. They are, absolutely. So, uh, but uh, there, there are. We're not talking about. You're talking about the physical aspect. Yes, well, men are yeah, stronger. but the physical, you know, it it uh, reflects into the emotional and spiritual and other areas. There, of life there too. aren't too many women that uh, are volunteering to go to combat as opposed to women who want to go to jobs where they rise higher, like a CEO or a, a, a leadership type job right. or, or an office job or, a, right. you know, not, saying, not, not, a, not manual jobs or, or yeah. let's say but there are electrician some. or a carpenter. There are some women yeah, who go into it. Firefighters, cops. Because mm -hmm. it's, yeah, because it's, no, a, it's, it's more physically demanding. Yeah. But there are. There are exceptions. Some. Just like there's exceptions of yeah, men, right. men yeah, becoming some. nurses. But it's not a generality. Right. And men are becoming nurses. Right. You know. And some men are stay-at-home dads, which yeah. is fantastic also. Yeah. So it depends on what you want to choose. The options, are, what I'm saying is there, there are more options available, I think, to both sexes now than there are. Uh, instead of being a you know, stereotype right, where, you right. know, your wife, you stay home, you raise the kids, and I work. What do you think of this? This is a term I'm going to throw out to you guys. What do you think of ethical non-monogamy? Have you heard of that before? <laughs> ethical non? No. What is what? What does that mean? So, so it's the idea that uh, the uh, people don't really get. They, you can get married or whatever, but you can have like other partners too. Wow. Like, well, well, I, those I, those <laughs> end up in divorce usually. Okay. Uh, I think it existed. It does um, exist? Still exists. But it, yeah. Um, you know, whatever works for the couple, that's that's their business. I mean, I, I can't imagine. Women are mostly, like you made a comedy before, emotional. So how can you have? Some, yeah, but some some women are, are not. Or they, or they use the emotion in the direction of vengeance and, uh, you know, that's, other areas too. Okay, all right. They have a skew, very skewed view of men. Some do. Yeah, yeah. Um, to each his own. Okay. <laughs> That's all I could say. You know what they That's call cool. they, they call that, you know. It's a swingers. Different strokes for different <laughs> folks. Oh yeah. Okay. That's is that a, is that the new trend now? Or? No, but it's oh. a, it's a cat. I mean, you know, I've, I've, been, always on, been, I've been on dating sites before, and that's one of the categories you can like, you know, wife swapping. Yeah, it's yeah. been around for a long time. Yeah. You guys didn't do that, right? <laughs> I don't think so. Kidding? Not. <laughs> We went to, you were in the 60s, you know? I mean, you were, uh, when we got no. together in 67, 68. Uh, not this couple. <laughs> well, maybe Sorry. before we got married. I don't know. I don't know that much about your mother. <laughs> she could, she's a complete mystery before. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, she didn't tell me anything. Uh, right. Oh, yeah. Well. Uh, again, you know, teachers. And she own, worked in Manhattan, say. you know, and Manhattan is a well-known place of 
promiscuity. Really? Okay. Oh, yes. I didn't realize Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Well, you worked in Manhattan, too. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, that's why I'm Your saying. dad had the butcher shop. <laughs> that's there. why he knows. That's, that's why I'm saying. <laughs> you know, I, I know what goes on in Manhattan. <laughs> it's not just Manhattan. <laughs> Let me tell you something. It's, just, it's not just Manhattan anymore, okay? <laughs> I know. But it's more likely in Manhattan than in the suburbs. I got you. I don't know. I don't know. You hear you know, stories. Like, uh, yeah. you know, what goes on in Ybor City stays in Ybor City. Yeah. You know? Yeah. True. But um, anyway, anyway uh, I guess we're kind of coming close to the end here. But uh, I want to say I really appreciate you guys very much. Uh, love you guys very much. Okay. And, uh, well, this is kind of fun. Can we come back? Uh, <laughs> let me ask Jason. I don't know. <laughs> I get them out of here. <laughs> no. Um, no, uh, no, I appreciate it. And, um, you know, I look forward to doing, you know, maybe we could do something again. Like well, a different the next time maybe yeah. we're in town. Yeah. Come on by. Come on back. Come so on back. Back to Vegas tomorrow. Yep. Yep. Vegas Golden Knights. Took yes! Home, right? Wow! Took home, yeah? Great! I know we Ready weren't the there, city. but yeah, yeah. We now the there. Oakland A's are coming out there soon too. And right? they're having the Formula One in November, I think it is. is that, getting, that definitely yeah. Is oh yeah, they're they're getting the roads and everything ready for it. Yeah, yeah definitely. They're, they're spending several million dollars of the taxpayers' money <laughs> to improve the roads well, and for then, Formula One, and they're charging astronomical amounts of money to go to the race. Isn't it like a minimum of like a thousand bucks to go to the race or something? Yeah. I don't know what the minimum is. And the hotels I, are uh, rates. But then uh, yeah, in uh, January, the um, the Super Bowl's coming to Vegas also. Yeah, Is it? Is yeah. it really? It's mm-hmm. yours yeah. in Vegas, huh? I didn't know. Yeah. Man, yeah. February. I wonder if I, are you going, Jason? You going to make it? You try to? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no comment? All right. All right. And, no and, and the rumor is that the penthouse at Caesars, was it? The penthouse at Caesars uh-huh. is running for $20,000 a week. I thought it was a night. Or a night? Yeah. Could be a night. Nice. So you get uh, a group of your friends. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I mean, it's, it's incredible what's going on. I mean, you know. Well, the town, they're booking them. They got the, yeah. they got the, uh, the, the both of the, the arena and the... And the uh, stadium, right in the middle of town. Okay. And now Madison Square Garden is building the globe. Madison okay. Square Garden. Yeah, no, not, the, no, the, you, that round, the round thing, the globe thing. Oh, you were talking about M- MGM. The MGM? No, that's Madison Square Garden. In, but in Vegas. There's in Vegas. Vegas. So, really? Yeah. That yeah. globe? Oh, I thought it was MGM. Huh? No. Okay. And, and they're going to have, that's going to be, a, I guess, contention for something. I don't know. Well, they're doing yeah. the, um, the entertainment, uh, what's his name, um, U2, um, yeah. oh, I can't think of his name. Oh, uh, coming, Bono, the, Bono. Bono, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. He's the first well, one who's come to the entertainment, so. I'll be sure when we come out there for Christmas, maybe we'll stay uh, you know, a little longer and go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> if I can just drop some tickets. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, guys. Okay, well, this was fun. Thanks. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye.